Season. You brought over Carnsa Wentz the year before, Philip Rivers the year before. When does it stop? Reese Hall still leads the team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, and he went out seven weeks ago. And over to the Nets, winning seven in a row. And it's really the question uh, that boggles the minds of every New York Jets fan. Uh, does he come back next year? There's no wall in your hair. There's no way out. There's no way out. What is going on? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Strano, taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy to get back going. Happy to be here. Um, let's rock and roll. Been an interesting week in the sports world. A lot of stuff going on. We are talking playoff scenarios today. Uh, game picks, as always, the latest news from around the leagues. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and it only gets better. We got uh, end-of-the-season awards. That's what I was trying to get to. Bowl predictions, over-unders, more of that fun stuff today. First, I wanted to give my thoughts on DeMar Hamlin. I want to talk about the situation a little bit because there has been updates. He is off his breathing tube. Um, sounds like his condition is improving. He's been able to talk and speak. Uh, breathe on his own. Reports have said he's made a remarkable recovery. His neurological function is intact, which is great. Uh, and the team was able to video call him as well. Uh, the Bills are going to wear number three patches on their jerseys to support him. Across the league, all teams, home and away, uh, may outline the three, the number three, in the 30-yard line uh, in the field in Buffalo Bills red or blue. Uh, during warm-ups, all players throughout the league will have the option to wear black Nike t-shirts displaying love for DeMar with the number three. Um, so it's no doubt that the, the this game moving forward and other games moving forward will mean a lot to the Bills and DeMar Hamlin. Uh, so it's, it's going to be very interesting, a lot of love for him. And uh, again, we send our love and prayers to DeMar and his family as he makes his, his journey to recovery. But the Bills, I think they're really playing for a lot right now, um, and we're glad to see that the situation is getting better. Um, but that game has been canceled. There are implications. There are things to talk about, um, and that's what we're going to do today. So here we go. The latest news before we get to anything else, Donovan Mitchell early in the week scored 71 points against the Bills to win. Excuse me, the Bills, my goodness. The Bulls. 145 to 134, setting a new franchise record. He became just the seventh player in NBA history to score at least 70 points in a game. The last player to do this was Kobe Bryant when he scored 81 points versus Toronto in 2006. An amazing, amazing accomplish that uh, Donovan Mitchell, I don't think anybody saw this coming, was able to do. Um, and add, congratulations to him. That was, that's just, it was absolutely incredible to watch. Uh, the Phillies, they've signed Craig Crumble. Uh, to a one-year deal, the former eight-time All-Star has 70, excuse me, 394 career saves. I don't know where that number came from. In 14 seasons, Crimble spent last season with the Dodgers, so they're hoping to bring a little magic in there as a reliever uh, for the Phillies. Uh, in Brooklyn, the Nets, they end their 12-game winning streak. A remarkable run for them. We'll talk about them a little bit with their coach. 
The Dolphins are preparing to be without Tua Tungvaloa and Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday. Sounds like Mike Glennon will be signed to their practice squad just in case. In Chicago, Nathan Peterman will start for the Bears versus the Vikings as Justin Fields will be dealing with a strained hip. In Washington, the Commanders will be starting rookie quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, in Tennessee, Titans' Derrick Henry made a full uh, participant in practice this week, and he will look like going to play against the Jaguars this week. I'm like, I would have could jumble of words there. Looks like he's going to play uh, this week against the Jags, and it's a winner-take-all. Last week, he missed the game due to a hip injury, and um, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. And We're going to talk about that a little later, a little bold predictions as well. But Henry, huge part to the Titans' offense. Expect him to get him back this week. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and his teammate Will Anderson announced for the 2023 NFL Draft this week. In Seattle, linebacker Jordan Brooks tore his ACL versus the Jets on Sunday. Seattle has one game left as everybody else. They need to win in a Packers loss. Seattle will have to do it without Brooks for the remainder of the year. Unfortunately for him, uh, he is out. The Titans have announced they'll start Josh Dobbs Saturday and in the AFC showdown against the Jags. The Lions and Packers game has moved to Sunday Night Football. Pretty big implications on the line for Seattle moving it because the Lions actually need Seattle to lose to make it in the playoffs. And if Seattle wins, eh, it could get a little tricky. But the implications is either the Lions lose their innings, you know, lose their drought for playoffs, or Aaron Rodgers saves his season somehow, some way. He comes back from it. Uh, in New York, the Jets sound like they're going to start Joe Flacco this week, rule Mike White out, and Zach Wilson will be the backup, which makes me believe last week they really tried all they could to win the game against Seattle and get the best foot moving forward. Um, it just seems like Mike White was in too much pain to play. Sounds like he got hit on another play and just played through it. His throws were off, accuracy was off, and they're just going to sit him this week. But it just seems to me they tried their best, they really put their best foot forward, and they're just going to try and wait out this season. Joe Flacco is going to start and wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson's in there either. We'll talk about why uh, in a little bit. Um, but in relation to the Jets as well, Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko are finalists to the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to them as they move one step forward. Javion Clowney sent home after he was 95% sure he was not going to return to the Browns next season. So they sent him home after practice. Skylar Thompson will make a start against the Jets on Sunday. Lamar Jackson is ruled out yet again for Sunday's potential division game uh, against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. There's a lot of different things we'll talk about later in playoff implications, but that's a big one for the Ravens as he sits out yet again. Jock Vaughn, the head coach of the Nets, was named Eastern Conference Coach of the Month. Really shows the turnaround the Nets made after such turmoil and an ugly start to the season. Winner of their last 12 of 13 games, uh, guided... Brooklyn to the winningest month in franchise history, the best record in the league in December. Uh, Vaughn took over the Brooklyn Nets as their coach in November 1st after they fired Steve Nash. Since then, they've had the best record in the league, 23-7. Represents the best 30-game start in a season for a head coach in franchise history. Safe to say that the Nets have played very well under him. Um, and their points per game is the third highest in a month in franchise history. Incredible job. Congratulations, Jack Vaughn, head coach of the month for the Eastern Conference. Uh, Art McNelly passed away this week as the first ever official to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. McNelly 
was 97. So our thoughts, again, go out to his family. And then more news. Bill's announcer, John Murphy, the radio voice for the organization, suffered a stroke and is now recovering at home as he continues to make progress. So, again, all our thoughts go out to everyone um, around the league, whether there's a passing or struggling. Um, a lot of stuff going on, and we hope you make it through it. But we got more stuff going on. There's, there's a lot of different news. Um, and a very, very interesting week. A lot of stuff there. And uh, But let's move on. We got playoff scenarios. Let's get right to it. So the NFL, we know, canceled the Bills game and the Bengals. I should say Bills and Bengals game um, in light of what happened. Uh, but there's going to be changes to the playoff picture. You know, not that it will happen, but the NFL considered the idea of an eighth playoff team seed. Uh, we're not really going to get into that, but it was an idea floated around this week. But there was a cancellation. It's going to bring some things to teams that, you know, is going to make it unequal and inequality for a team. And so the NFL went over that this week. Basically, if there's a tie in Week 18 or both the Chiefs and the Bills win based on both these teams and they both make it to the AFC Championship game, they're going to have to play at a neutral site like Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Um, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties. Again, a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game will be at a neutral site. And then another scenario is if Buffalo and Kansas City both make it to the championship game, they both lose in Week 18 and Cincinnati wins. Um, A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. And if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, they will have defeated uh, yet their division opponent twice this year. Um, but then it would have to go to winning percentage and versus the 16-game schedule versus the 17-game schedule. So there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Basically, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and those two teams are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, that site would be determined by a coin toss. But only if Baltimore beats Cincinnati. It's very weird. Uh, and, and then if they end up playing with each other, they're literally going to have to flip a coin to see who plays where. It's whether at Cincinnati or Baltimore, so they better pick heads or tails very, very precisely. Um, and if Cincinnati wins in Week 18, uh, and in the game of Baltimore and Cincinnati, they have to play each other. They don't. Uh, the game sites will be determined by. Right, so, so the, if if Cincinnati wins, doesn't matter. But if Baltimore wins, there's a coin toss situation that has to go down if they play each other in the playoffs for home fields. That's just that's very interesting. Um, something more interesting is that the Chiefs can secure home field advantage with just a win. All they have to do is win. Um, but Buffalo will need to win and get a Kansas City loss. That's why if they both win, it's very tricky. New England can get a playoff berth with just a win. Uh, Miami can get a playoff berth with a win and a New England loss. Whoever wins the Titans-Jags game gets the division. The Steelers need to win but get a New England and Miami loss. To clinch home field advantage in the NFC, the Eagles just need to win. They'll clinch the division. They'll clinch home field advantage. They'll clinch the first seed. Uh, They'll get it all with just a win over the Giants, who seem to be sitting starters this week. The 49ers can clinch home field advantage with an Eagles loss and a win. 
Uh, Dallas can clinch home field advantage really enough and probably get the division with a win, a San Francisco loss, and an Eagles loss. Seattle can clinch a playoff berth with a win, and they need the Packers to lose on Sunday night. Green Bay just needs to win in their end, so it doesn't matter what happens with Seattle. Due to that conference tie in the NFC, Green Bay would have one more NFC win. They would overtake Seattle, not depending on the record. Uh, and the Lions need a Seattle loss, which is earlier in the day, so they'll be watching that. And they need to win against the Packers. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens to Seattle first. That's why it makes Seattle's situation very, very weird. Because uh, if they do win, what are the implications for the Lions? Yeah, you take out the Packers, uh, but it's a but you're, you're out of the playoffs at that point. So it's a very interesting uh, thing. But the playoff scenarios are getting weird. There's a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot, lot to unfold here. And we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm going to read off my game picks and my bold predictions, and that will give implications on kind of where I think this is all heading. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff that can go on here. Honestly, I really think Green Bay is going to win, and that will be the end of the NFC wildcard clinching. The home field advantage stuff, I really can't see the, the Eagles losing against the Giants. I, have to, I really expect them to you know, sit their starters. The Titans, I think they come close, but I think the Jags will win that. For some reason, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait to mention what I'm going to say about the AFC. But uh, And then the Chiefs and the home field advantage thing there. I think the Bills and the Chiefs both have a very viable shot at winning. And I think they end up going down to that scenario. But it also depends on if they both make it to the championship game as well. Um, Baltimore, I don't see them beating Cincinnati. So I don't see that coin toss thing happening. But they're trying to delegate between all these teams and give them all an equal chance uh, because of what happened. But it is a very, very, very interesting thing going on here. Um, but, you know, the league is trying the league is trying to come over the scenario that happened and uh, trying to move forward because of it. But let's get to end of the season awards. And like I said, later in the show, I'll announce a couple things. Um, let's do with the playoff implications uh, and kind of stuff with the Jets, as I mentioned earlier. But let's get to end of the season awards. All right. We all know NFL honors is going to be coming up very soon. Um, so that means MVP, Offensive Player of the Words, all that good stuff is coming up. So I'm going to give my predictions now on who I think potentially could win these awards uh, ahead of the end of the season. We'll start with MVP. And I struggle with MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to give two people, and then I'm going to tell you who I'm in favor of. But I thought it would be better just to give two options. It is my show. I can do whatever I want and, uh, and delegate from there. But I'm going to tell you who I'm in favor of. So Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, I think, have both have a really good shot at the MVP. Patrick Mahomes over 5,000 yards this season, 40 touchdowns, again, leading the Chiefs basically to one seed. Um, you know, home field advantage, I think, get the win. Again, another complete season. No Tyreek Hill. He did it without him. And yet another great season by the Chiefs. Uh, and uh, four touchdowns on the ground over 300 yards. Jalen Hurts, really, I think I'm really in favor of Jalen Hurts. I have a better case for him. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, the face of the league, the guy, and I feel like, you know, any year he could win this. But Jalen Hurts this year really showed us that he took over this team. He took over the identity. He made, like, you watch the last couple games, he made this team. You know, without him, they're hurting. You know, no pun intended there, but they are hurting. And they need him. You know, over 700 yards in rushing this year. I think he had over 13 touchdowns in rushing as well, if I'm not mistaken. Jalen Hurts was all over the place uh, for the Eagles. And not only that, he's their quarterback. 
So, you know, over 700, 700 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns on the ground, over 22, I believe, passing touchdowns as well. Brings him, what, over 30-some-odd touchdowns, uh, 35, if I'm not mistaken. He is total touchdowns. and But you look at Mahomes and you say, okay, he's got 40, 44 total. You know, what's the difference? You know, I know Jalen Hurts is lower, but you look at the way they played this season. Only five interceptions this year for Jalen Hurts. Um, I know he only played 14 games. He missed the past two. We know that. But look at where the Eagles are. Look at where he took them. Look at where they were last year. Look at the improvements he's made. I think Jalen Hurts really took a step forward, really should win the MVP this year. He really put a lot forward and uh, and really dominated this this league. I don't think anybody saw this coming this year. I'm sure we saw improvements, but not 13 wins and an amazing year for the Eagles. They really have taken over. And uh, I think Jalen Hurts has made a very strong case because of it. And I think I think he has a great shot to win the MVP this year. I know Patrick Mahomes is the face of the league, and um, you know it's it's it would be pretty common for him to win. But I think Jalen Hurts should be able to get the sword. I mean, over 300 yards passing. I know it's the Bears, but you know when they played the Bears, he's had games where he's been off a bit, but. Four touchdown games every once in a while. He's had breakout, runout games as well. Uh, I just think he's played very well this year, very up to par, taking the Eagles very far, major improvements in the past couple years. And I got to hand it to him. He's played very well. And, uh, you know, we look at Mahomes and we say, okay, no Tyreek Hill and stuff like that this year. But I don't know. Jalen Hurts gives me a bit of a different vibe. Uh, and just the way he's carried this team. When really, when we look at a couple years ago, everyone kind of wrote him off. uh, And the Eagles organization, I think he deserves it. So I'm going to go Jalen Hurts in favor of MVP, but I think Patrick Mahomes could win it as well. Offensive player of the year, I got Josh Jacobs with Justin Jefferson. Look, both these guys lead their their, spots in categories for rushing yards and receiving yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs, over 1,600 yards. I never, ever saw this coming for Josh Jacobs. I really thought... Um, you know, he was just kind of waning in the balance. Look at the past couple years. I know he was a thousand yard rusher of 2021. He had 800 yards, nine touchdowns. You know, I always thought he was a decent back, but this year over 300 some odd carries became the main guy, 12 touchdowns, 51 receptions over 395 yards, receiving yards. Uh, he has just played over five yards a carry, just played amazing 200 yard game against Seattle with two touchdowns. He's had four or five 140 yard plus games with a two touchdowns or more. Uh, he has played absolutely remarkable on a Raider squad that is just not good this year. And then you look at Justin Jefferson, and you can almost say the same thing. The man is on his way to 2,000 yards receiving. He won't get there because there's one more game of the season, but he's been consistent as well. I mean, you look at games against the Saints 10 receptions, 147 yards. You know, how many games has he had like that? Over 140 yards. He had a 200-yard game against the Lions, another 200-yard game, 193 receiving yards to be exact against the Bills. He has played nearly out of his mind, uh, and Justin Jefferson has had a lot, a lot of success this year. Um, It's just been, you know, eight touchdowns, 1,700 yards, another guy that could really win this award over 124 receptions. And uh, he's one of the great, better receivers or probably the best receiver in the league. Um, that's debated. That could be debated in another topic. But if I had to pick a guy to win, I would give it to Justin Jefferson just the way the league is. But 
for me, I'd pick Josh Jacobs any day of the week. It's hard. It's hard in the NFL when you when this is a passing league. Uh, I've seen so many teams. There's not a true like running team. Um, you look at the Bears. You look at Eagles. Yeah, you could say they're running teams, but like. When was you know when was the last time a running back won won something of this caliber? We saw Jonathan Taylor last year. I think it's deserved when a running back can do something like this. I feel like receivers could do this anytime. Um, Josh Jacobs, I, I I would put him in favor of it, even though I think Justin Jefferson would probably win. Uh, but my vote would be to Josh Jacobs, defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa, Mike Parsons or Michael Parsons, I should say. Excuse me. Um, Nick Bosa leads the league in sacks, 17.5 sacks for this year. I believe Parsons is the same as last year, 13 sacks. Um, and both of them have been playing great this year. Both are going to go to the playoffs. And uh, Bosa, part of a really great defense. Uh, Parsons, you know, can really lead that defense when he turns it on. And um, he he basically is the face of that defense. And sometimes when he when he turns it on, that's like that that is that is all him back there. Uh and it just gets it gets pretty scary. Nick Bosa 47 quarterback hits and it just gets even more wild. Like he is just a dominant player, plays well for the 49ers, one of the, the best def- or the best defense in the league. Uh, but then you have to look at Parsons. I feel like he kind of fell off towards the end of the year. His first 10 games he was getting what 12 sacks. Um, his last five or six games haven't been as well. One sack in those games. Um, but when he really turns on, he really is dominant. You look at the end of the Eagles game, the end of the Jags game, um, uh, one of you know the Titans game. He really pushes the pocket and really gets in there. Uh, 26 quarterback hits. I feel like, you know, almost feels like he's done more than that. And being on Dallas, being the face of that defense, I think it prompts him more to win this award. Uh, I'm going to take Nick Bosa on this one. But... Uh, I do think Parsons is a, a strong candidate. When we look at Offensive Rookie of the Year, I thought about Garrett Wilson. Um, I thought about a couple guys this year that have played particularly well uh, for rookies this year. And when you look at, you know, when you look at Garrett Wilson, right, for the New York Jets, you, you could say, well, over a thousand yards receiving, seventy-four yard uh, receptions, excuse me, four touchdowns. The Jets haven't had a thousand-yard wide receiver since twenty fifteen, since Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, right? He's had uh, a couple games now, I believe three or four, over 100 yards receiving. Against the Vikings, over 162 yards receiving, eight receptions. Uh, But as you look at his last four games, you know, three receptions for 18 yards against Seattle, four for 30 against the Jags, four for 98, uh, which is pretty good against the Lions, six for 78. Nothing too outstandingly, you know, against the Packers, one for eight, four for 24 against the Broncos. I feel like he's been pretty on and off every now and then. And honestly, I think I would give this Rookie of the Year, despite everything that's happened, I really think it should go to Kenneth Walker. You know, I think he's been a lot more consistent for what he's played this year, uh, and, the, and especially down the stretch. I think the last two games really help him out. Uh, he's had 23 carries against the Jets, 133 yards. The Chiefs, 26 carries, 107 yards. And he's had over 936 yards this year, nine touchdowns, and really has improved that running game. And something we haven't seen that hard-nosed running in Seattle in a little bit. And uh, I think he is primed to win this award. They've really turned it around Seattle. People really didn't think they were going to go that far this year. I didn't. And uh, to have a guy like this, to have a guy this explosive, I uh, I think he has a really strong case to win it. 
And I think he's been a lot more consistent this year, even though he's been hurt. I believe he was hurt for two games. But I'm going to take Kenneth Walker on this one. When it comes in terms of defensive rookie of the year, do you know how I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick Sauce Gardner when you have a name like that. Two interceptions this year. I believe he leads the league in pass defenses, over 20 of them. Um, he's played absolutely uh, exceptional this year. 81 targets. 43 of those were complete. He's allowed a four, 410 yards and one touchdown this year. He's played absolutely phenomenal for a very young corner in this league. And uh, some court, you know, expert quarterbacks don't even want to test him. And you look at Tyreek Woolen, you look at uh, who leads the league, one of the top guys in interceptions, and then you look at uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who's got leads the league, I believe, in defense linemen and linebackers in interceptions, um, like dominant players down the stretch. But when you look at Sauce and the, what he's done the past couple games and what he's done this whole season, the consistency he's had, shutting down top wide receivers and not – uh, teams not wanting to go his way as a rookie, I think you have to give it to him. He's really been the face of this New York Jets defense. I think he's turned it around for them, and I would have to give it to Sauce Gardner all the way. He's really molded well as a player, and uh, I think he's going to be one of the better players for years to come. Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year. When it comes to comeback player of the year, this one's interesting. Saquon Barkley got there, but Geno Smith, I think, is right behind him. When you look at Saquon, a guy who I talked about a lot in the beginning of the year, uh, I, I expect them to come back. I expect them to have a good year. He started off the year well. 295 carries this year, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. He is one of the faces or the face of that offense. Daniel Jones, like I said, mentioned last episode, has produced well. But Saquon, when he turns it on, he is the team, and he's played absolutely phenomenal. I mean, against the Texans, over 152 yards. He you know, one of the, you know one of the games where he's really played outstanding, but throughout the season he's been so consistent. He stayed healthy is one of the biggest things about him. He's finally been able to stay healthy. Uh, I know in 2019 he had over a thousand yards, but he hasn't had that since. Two thousand yard seasons, thirteen hundred yards in 2018, but 2020, 2021, not good. He's finally come back, and um, I think he I think he's you know better than ever this year is how to put it best. And he's really played well. But then you look at Geno Smith, who's finally made a Pro Bowl. You know, he wasn't hurt, but he finally came back after all those years in New York and playing back up in the Giants and Chargers and in Seattle for a little bit. You look at him this year, over 4,000 yards passing, a 70% completion percentage, which I never thought he would ever get to. 29 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 102 quarterback rating for the year. Uh, That is absolutely amazing. That is a great job by Geno Smith this year in the regular season. Nobody expected that. Nobody thought Gino would get that small. He's, he's he's actually you know played very well and game managed a lot of games. He's played phenomenal this year. And another guy who I would not be surprised if he wins this award. I mean, you look at him, uh, 2013 against us with the Jets, 12 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, um, and then you know he didn't play for a little bit after that and was on and off, um, and he had short stints, but. He's really turning around. 10th season in the league, he's come back. And as a Jets fan, I remember him. This 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 is his best season of his career, and I think he has a strong shot at winning this this award, and I think he would truly deserve it. His first Pro Bowl ever in his career, but I'm going to give it to Saquon just the way he's turned around after health. But I wouldn't be surprised if Geno wins it either. And then Coach of the Year. I mean, look at guys like Brian Dayball, Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell, Doug Peterson. I think all of these guys have turned their franchises around. I think Dan Campbell would make and Doug Peterson make a better case if they make it into the playoffs, so we'll see what happens there. But they've definitely turned around around the stretch. Kevin O'Connell, great year this year, but they've been on and off. 
but the the biggest thing to me is is New York. I think Brian Dable has really turned around the New York Giants in one year after we saw in New York last year with Joe Judge, them quarterback sneaking on third and long uh, twice in a row. It was just an absolute disaster. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, all these guys had to go. Uh, you know, Dave Gellman has to you know resign, retire to save his career and get out of there in New York. Um, but Brian Dable has turned this place around in one season, made Daniel Jones look like a really good quarterback. Saquon's come back to be a really good running back, and they've done it with nothing on the offense. Brian Dable has to be coached with the creativity I saw just in the past couple of days, uh, games against the Vikings and then against, um, oh, now I'm blanking against who they played recently. But Giants have played very well up until this point, and I got to hand it to them. I mean, it's, it's 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 remarkable the job he's done this year, uh, and and I am absolutely I sh- I remember now the creativity he did w- against the Colts when Daniel Jones was running the ball and doing power sweeps and everything. Daniel Jones has learned to use his legs this year, and Brian Dable has included that, and that has sent them over the top. What do they have nine wins this year? I don't care if they get ten, nine, or whatever. They're in the playoffs and they're going. I think that really helps his case. A first time in a long time, and Brian Dable in one year has turned this franchise around. Brian Dayball, my vote for Coach of the Year. Bold predictions over and unders. Uh, my first bold prediction for this week will be leading the game picks a little bit, but I think the Steelers will capture the seventh seed in the AFC. The Dolphins and the Patriots will both lose after what a season was supposed to be in the middle of a season where the AFC East could have had all the playoff teams, could have had all the teams in the playoffs. Um, so that is a turnaround in itself because I remember earlier in the year where people were saying, well, all the AFC East teams could have made it in the playoffs. Well, not anymore. Potentially only one, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, over, under, this is, I just made this just to see what, just to be funny, but the Jets will mention Zach Wilson seven times. I put that as an over. Uh, he might even go in the game just because Nate Herbig, George Fant, and Dwayne Brown will all be out. On Sunday, the Jets will have five offensive linemen, potentially have to bring up two more from the practice squad. And then I will also give another over that the Miami Dolphins will have five sacks in that game on the offensive line over that number. Uh, it's just just a crazy ending to the season. The Jets, as we mentioned before, I want to mention over it again, but started off six and three, went off the hill one game out of their last, what, seven or eight, and uh, just really fell off. But, you know, all jokes aside, I just don't think it's going to be a good game for Joe Flacco. There's no offensive line there. Guys are out injured. Um, we could potentially see Zach Wilson in there if Flacco gets hurt. Um, well, let's hope he doesn't, but that offensive line is all over the place right now. Uh, but the Packers, I think they'll win, and they'll rush for over 300 yards and four rushing TDs to beat the Lions. Geno Smith, I think he scores four touchdowns rally over the Rams. Kenny Pickett, I think he leads another game-winning drive to send the Steelers to the playoffs. And my boldest prediction, which is not too bold, but I think it's pretty good. The Jags and the Titans game will be closer than anyone expects. I think Dobbs and Henry lose by a field goal. I really think the Titans can come that close to winning this game. Um, I don't know. I think I don't know if the Jags are underestimating themselves, but they better be careful because if Josh Dobbs gets hot and Henry gets hot, they're getting guys back healthy. The Titans are right in this, and I think it could be a very close game, and I think the Jags need to be on their heels the whole time and and, and not overlook this game. Uh, but let's move on to game picks for Sunday. 
We're going to give a little standings read. The Bills are on top of the AFC at 12-3. and Miami, 8-7. Patriots, 7-8. The Jets, 7-8. In the West, Chiefs, 12-3. Chargers, 9-6. Raiders, 6-9. Broncos, 4-11. In the North, 11-4. The Bengals, Ravens, 10-5. The Steelers, 7-8. And, and the Browns, 6-9. And, and in the South, the Jaguars, 7-8. The Titans, 7-9. The Colts, 4-10. And, and 1 and the Texans 2-12 and 1. In the NFC, the Eagles will be on top at 13 and 2, Cowboys 12 and 4, the Giants 8-6 and 1, and the Commanders 7-7 and 1. In the West, it's the 49ers 11 and 4, Seattle 7 and 8, the Rams 5 and 10, the Cardinals 4 and 11. In the North, it's the 12 and 3 Vikings, Lions 7 and 8, Packers 7 and 8, Bears 3 and 12. In the South, it's the Bucks seven and eight, the Panthers six and nine, the Saints six and nine, and the Falcons five and ten. All right, so let's get to. I don't really have any important games to really pick from this year, this week, but I'm just gonna go down the list and tell you what I think. The Chiefs, I think they're gonna get the win this week. They'll beat the Raiders single-handedly. I mean, they're going for home field advantage. You have to give everything you got. The Chiefs have been way better than the Raiders this year. I'm gonna give Patrick Mahomes the benefit of the doubt here. He'll beat the Raiders. At 4.30 at home on the Raiders' side. Uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville, like I said, it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go Jacksonville. They've played very well down the stretch. Trevor Lawrence has really improved. Doug Peterson is going to make it in the playoffs. He could potentially be coach of the year, the way he's turned this team around. Um, the Jags have played that defensive line down the stretch. has absolutely played dominant. And I'm going to give Jacksonville the win here. And Travis Etienne should get talked about way more. He's so elusive, can do so much more north and south. And people don't talk about that enough in between the numbers. Um, but Tampa Bay, Atlanta, I'm going to give it to Tampa. I don't know what they're going to do. I know they clinched the division. I know they clinched this playoff spot. Do they rest or whatever? But I think they'll get the win uh, over Atlanta. I don't know exactly their plan. Uh, Buffalo, they're going to be fighting for home field advantage, so I think they'll beat, and they got things to play for here, obviously. I think they're going to storm over New England with the passion they have this week. Minnesota, I think, will take down Chicago. Um, but, again, it's week 18. I don't know who's going to start, who's going to rest. But I assume Minnesota would beat Chicago. No Justin Fields, so it really hurts Chicago's chances. Baltimore and Cincinnati. I'm not sure who's going to start for Baltimore yet. But Cincinnati's fighting for something here. They need to clinch. They need to clinch this division. So I think Cincinnati will get the win here. Um, Houston, Indianapolis. I think Houston's been playing very well. Not a stretch. I'm going to go Houston. Colts have just not have found their way. And uh, it's just been another disastrous season for both teams. But really, you know, the Colts have really folded. Uh, the Jets in Miami, somehow I find myself picking the Jets every week, even though I know they continue to lose. I'm going to pick them again uh, just because I think, you know, Miami's fallen down. I don't know if Skylar Thompson can really beat the Jets. But again, can Joe Flacco really beat Miami? I have no idea. But I'm going to pick the Jets anyway, and we'll see what happens. Carolina, New Orleans. Sam Donald's played amazing down the stretch. I think he continues that. Fortunately for New Orleans, have not had a good season. Neither have Carolina, but an improvement down the stretch. And I'm going to give it to Carolina, who almost won the division. Uh, and I really thought they would have, but Sam Donald's been playing very well. I'm going to give it to them. Uh, they'll get the win here in Week 18, the end off the year. Pittsburgh will get the win over Cleveland. I think they just they're going to make find a way in the playoffs. Mike Tomlin's going to be end up doing it, um, and he saves the season for them. And Kenny Pickett's actually improved very well over the year. Uh, Chargers, Denver. I think Chargers again. I don't know who they rest, but Chargers. I think they'll get the win over Denver unless Russell Wilson props up in this game somehow. I don't know. I don't know who's resting. I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Chargers. I don't think the Giants win this week because I know about that game. Uh, and I know Philly is going to be playing for all their heart to get the home field advantage and clinch. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen later in the game, but I think Philly can get the, the advantage and win that game there. 
with the Giants resting. Uh, San Francisco, I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they'll get the win over Arizona. Seattle will be playing for their lives. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give it to Seattle. They're playing for their playoff lives. Dallas, I think, beats Washington. They're going to be hoping that they can clinch home field somehow. Um, and Detroit and Green Bay, both it's going to be a dirty, very, very dirty matchup. And what I mean by dirty, I mean gritty. Uh, it's going to be a division matchup, which pretty much all these games are. I believe all of them are. And um, they're going to go to town on each other, uh, especially depending on what happens against Seattle. Like if if the Rams if the Rams if the Rams win that game somehow against Seattle, that makes Detroit and Green Bay so interesting. And I don't know what's going to happen against Seattle and, and the Rams. And if, but I'm telling you, I tell you what. If the Rams somehow find a way to win that game, the Troy and Green Bay is going to be a dogfight. I already think it is, but uh, I think Green Bay finds a way to get the win and win out in Week 18 and somehow, some way, make it into the playoffs after a year. That was not good for the Packers at all. Those are the game picks for Sunday. Let's move on to final thoughts. Um, we know what this is. Any lost thoughts before I move on and close out the show? The last thought I have is usually I've been doing this every week. And I feel like I'm going to write an article about this, about the community MVPs, uh, just a general article. Uh, I've definitely gone and read it once, right? I've been thinking about it for a little bit. And uh, and then we've got a preview coming up later in the week. I'm going to be writing that, getting an interview, and then hopefully I'll get that out with Arcadia Lacrosse. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. But DeMar Hamlin, NFLPA's Week 18 Community MVP. So in honor of Hamlin being named the NFLPA Week 18 Community MVP, uh, the players will make a, a donation of $10,000 to his Chasing M's Foundation. Building upon the millions of dollars that was already do- donated by fellow athletes, teams, and fans across the country, as we, we know, I believe he made over $4 million in one of his funds, uh, which was that one. Um, he will also become eligible for the year's Allen Page Community Award, which is the highest honor the NFLPA can, can really give you. Um, this past December marked the third annual Community Toy Drive, um, that he does for Pittsburgh children in need for you know gifts and things for the holidays. Hamlin was on hand there, passing out gifts and taking photos with families and young fans. And he also hosted back-to-back school drives, kid camps, um, and just more initiatives for his foundation, Chasing M. So great job to DeMar again. We wish him the best. Um, he's doing better, and we give him all our love here from TVS. Um, but that's going to close it out for me today. Thank you for joining me again on another edition of Jake's Takes. I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes. Uh, remember to visit Television Sports at tvsportsmag.com. Follow our Instagram at Sports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore TV Sports. Don't forget to follow Jake's Takes Instagram account at Jake's Takes TVS for everything you need podcast-wise. Contact the email at sjake at tvsportsstaff.com. Uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm Jake Strano signing off, trying to keep it together. Somehow got this cough in my throat that wants to come out, but I've made it through the whole show. Um, but uh, thank you once again for listening. Remember to keep up with all your sports needs with television sports, a positive shift in sports media. 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 media.